0: This afternoon I preach to you the Word of God as it is summarized and confessed by the church in Lord's Day 52, questions, question and answer 128 and also 129. It's on page 564 in the book of Praise. We're confessing what we believe concerning the prayer that our Lord Jesus taught us to pray. We've seen the... Petitions that he taught that we can find in Matthew 6 and Luke 11. And here we confess, how do you conclude your prayer? For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. That is, all this we ask of you because as our King, having power over all things, you are both willing and able to give us all that is good and because not we but your holy name should so receive all glory forever. What does the word amen mean? Amen means it is true and certain, for God has much more certainly heard my prayer than I feel in my heart that I desire this of him. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, if you have access to a Bible You have access to the Creator's divine revelation about reality. Through the words of Scripture, we are able to see the kingdom of heaven and who is in control of everything in the universe. God's Word reveals that we are also a part of this great work of God who has been gathering a congregation to worship Him in all times and in all places in the world. And along with revealing the, the greatest problem in the world and the cause of our eternal misery, which is sin, the Lord also shows us His gracious work of redemption through Jesus Christ and the new and abundant life that we can enjoy in His kingdom. But we are so very weak and the attack of the evil one is so fierce as we also saw as we we looked at some of the final petitions our Lord taught us. When we guard the promise of the gospel deep in our own hearts, we may always pray to the Lord with confidence. The Holy Spirit is more powerful than all the powers of the evil one put together And He dwells in the hearts of Christians to lead us in the victory that is already ours in Jesus Christ. Understanding reality as it really is, we conclude our prayer with a confession of faith in the wonderful sovereignty and power and glory of our Heavenly Father that will serve as our everlasting song of victory. Although it is possible that the Lord Jesus did not teach his disciples at that time to conclude their prayer with this particular doxology, and you'll notice in the ESV there's a, a footnote explaining that those words are not found in all of the original manuscripts. It's possible he didn't even then teach the word amen at, to his disciples at that time. When we see it as a simple confession of faith, that the church uses to express our trust in the God who is worthy of all glory and honor. We can also see the importance of such a conclusion in our regular prayers. As David concluded in 1 Chronicles 29, and the heavenly beings repeat in in, in their song in the heavens that we read about in Revelation 4, our heavenly Father is worthy of such praise. And all who have been transformed by the Holy Spirit will speak these words of confession and doxology in humble devotion. And I preach you the gospel of this truth that underlies all that we do, everything that we say. Under the theme, we end our prayer confessing our faith in the reality of God's work in the world. We'll see that Confess this because everything is his and it is true and certain. After the people of God expressed a generous desire to glorify God with all their financial gifts, King David, serving as a type of Christ, our mediator, he began his prayer with the words that we use to end our prayer. It's worthwhile to have those words open. Before you, again, it's 1 Chronicles 29, verses 11 to 13. We're thinking here also of the conclusion of the Lord's Prayer and, and comparing them. We see the Holy Spirit teaches us, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. The underlying assumption, the reason, For our confession and doxology, that's a a statement of praise. The reason that we pray is that everything is the Lord's. Mentioning even more things than we do in, in the conclusion to the Lord's Prayer, King David blesses the Lord for His greatness, His power, His glory, His victory, His majesty, and the kingdom. The Holy Spirit gave us David's prayer to help us understand the parts of our confession and doxology at the end of our prayers. We begin our conclusion confessing, for yours is the kingdom. And notice it's the kingdom. In David's word, it refers in the first place to the kingdom. He was ruling, but by talking about the Lord as the head above all in 1 Chronicles 29, And talking about the Lord ruling over all, we could see that everyone who worships the creator of heaven and earth knows that God is sovereign ruler over physical and spiritual kingdoms. Our Lord Jesus confirmed this when He explained that after His victory over death and Satan, He too was glorified by His Father to the place that He already was in before the world was created, and He was given all authority in heaven and on earth. And when we repeat that the Lord is King over everything, we are expressing our faith in all that the Bible reveals about reality, which is much more than the media or even the history books might reveal about reality. We don't believe that there is any king or power that is more powerful than our Heavenly Father. And so we believe that His kingdom encompasses all the other so-called human-built kingdoms, both temporarily and wherever it might be in the world, in the universe. You could think of Isaiah 26, where the people of God recognize there are other kings that have come before you. They're gone, but you remain. You could think of Daniel, the prayers of Daniel, even King Nebuchadnezzar recognizing that our God is king over all. Not even powerful international forces such as the United Nations or the World Economic Forum or G20 or Islamic conglomerates or even higher forces that are suspected by many people to include the prophesied Antichrist whether they be popes, Freemasons, world rulers or a combination of all these things You, you hear people talking none of these things can can last longer Or cover more area than the kingdom that belongs to the almighty creator of heaven and earth whom we call our father. And our minds are probably thinking of the queen who just passed away. Long reign. The longest reigning British monarch. It's 70 years as monarch. But our God, that looks like nothing compared to his rule. He is the ruler of all the kings and queens of the earth. The kingdom of which we are subjects is so firmly in the hands of God that not one of His subjects can be lost without His will. Hidden in the shelter of God, we confess that we trust in Him completely with everything. Although we might be looking around and and seeing the, the confusion, confessing our own weaknesses, seeing governments that permit abortion and adultery and gambling and oppression. And we see all the things that are happening in the world that have always been happening in the world. And we remember this truth. The kingdom, the kingdom, belongs to God. And saying that as something you believe It's actually also an expression of praise. It's doxology. It's it's a statement of praise for God in his glory. We're saying, my God is king over all things. We end our prayer saying, because my judge is my savior and all things are in this world are, are placed under his feet for the sake of us, his church. And then we confess that God has the power, which is presumably, presumably a reference to all the power, the power. There is nothing more powerful than Him. He has the power as the eternal and sovereign God and creator of the universe. The word used for power is a word dunamis. It, it, has, it speaks of the, the might and strength and the potential to function, in in, in some way. It's connected to the word for being able. He is the one who is able. Serves even as the root word for the English word dynamite. The Bible reveals that God is the almighty, the all-powerful. He created the world by speaking. He renews the face of the earth. We sing in Psalm 104 in His providence. The Lord Jesus Christ manifested this power here in, in the world and his life of pure dominion over all creation as he battled the effects of the fall and in ongoing miracles. Just thinking of the miracles of our Lord Jesus as they're coming to your mind, you see that power manifest before us. The power of God was seen when Jesus overcame sin when he conquered the grave, when he, when he bound the power of Satan to keep his children free from slavery. The power of God is seen in the converting work of the Holy Spirit who, who can change hard hearts to make them soft, to open, closed hearts with power that is not inferior to creation or the raising from the, of the dead. Well, when we need power and strength, we turn to the Lord who is willing as faithful Father and able as Almighty God. All the evils and the temptations and the desires in our hearts are there by God's permission, but He is more powerful. The suffering, the weakness, the inexplicable corners of life, those are things that are not outside of God's control, even though we cannot understand all the details. We are here, we live wherever we are, whatever we're doing, whatever calling we have, by God's decision. The Lord has complete authority. The kingdom is His, the power is His, and we can ask the comforting question of Psalm 118, verse 6, Hebrews 13, verse 6. It says, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And as we speak about God's power, when we recognize that without His blessing, nothing we do will be of lasting significance, we can see that once again our simple confession about the truth of God, just stating who He is, is in reality doxology. Again, praise to God that overflows from our thankfulness. We praise God for all the glory is His. When He is acting in this world, when He is acting in our lives, the result is that He is glorified by those in whom He is working. All the splendor of heaven and earth reflects the greatness of our God. In Him is found perfect holiness, love, faithfulness, and all the other excellencies and His creatures acknowledge that his, the glory is His when we turn everything over to Him. We thank Him alone for everything that has been given. You could see that as we read together David's prayer. He says, we're, we're giving back to you all that's yours and we're only giving it because you made us want this. The glory of God then shines forth in our lives in His tender mercies His convicting discipline and exhortations, His powerful strengthening, and His indescribable assurance. Again, although we are weak and often suffering, we recognize that the glory is God's by praying to Him in adoration and confession, thanksgiving, supplication. You'll notice the little word for at the beginning of the conclusion. The four, yours is the kingdom. It brings this to our mind. Before the Lord even begins to answer our prayer, we already praise our sovereign king in, in wonder for his deep and powerful greatness. We, we began the prayer, hallowed be your name. And we end the prayer saying, for your name is holy and great and worthy of praise. We know in whom our hope Is founded. It's true and certain. When we when all this confession and praise that comes from your lips, when it's not just saying words without thinking about what you're saying, but when it's something you truly believe and and you think about all the time, not only when you pray, but also when you head out of of your house to, to go to school again or you go to work again. And you go out saying, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. It affects every part of our lives. The Lord's Prayer is a a prayer for every day. And the conclusion of the Lord's Prayer sets the tone for all that we do. We don't do anything only for ourselves. Ever. Everything is because. Everything is the Lord's. The praise and confession of the Lord's prayer is not just like icing on the cake, but it is the very batter that that makes the cake. It leads us to that final word that we pray, amen. The word amen comes from a word in the Old Testament that means truth or faithful. It's used in Scripture by people to indicate their agreement or acceptance with a message or a command. It's found in the, on the lips of the congregation when the Lord revealed to them the blessings and the curses of the covenant, and, and all the people responded, Amen. It's also a word that's used to follow doxology or, or psalm or prayer. Many of the books of Psalms end with a doxology that repeated Amen. We read one this morning, Psalm 41. The display text this afternoon, Psalm seventy. Too, as well had that as, a, as the ending of the book, Psalm 106, verse 23, that we we sang. Several letters to the churches, they end with a word of praise to the Lord, followed with the amen, which turns such statements into more of a blessing that is sure for us in Jesus Christ. The point that the word amen is making is that all that has been said in blessing is truth, and all who hear it are affirming its truth. And this is only possible because when the word amen is on our lips, it is a statement about who God is. We, can't, we can say amen after any statement or any prayer that repeats the promises that were made by the Lord. The Lord says something, we could say, The Lord says this, and, and God's people could say, Amen. It's true, it's certain, because the Lord said it. He speaks the truth. There's no lie in Him. If you can read it in the scriptures as God's word, it is true and certain. It's followed with Amen. It affects our lives. It's noteworthy that the Lord Jesus often used the word Amen to start His teaching. Sometimes you will read, I tell you the truth, or like we read this morning, John 13, a couple times, truly, truly, I say to you, it would be possible to read this, amen, amen, I say to you, truly is a translation of the word amen in this context. And When the Lord Jesus uses the word amen, he is simply making it clear that no one can deny the truth that he is speaking his words are as faithful and as as sure as the blessings and the curses of the covenant in the old te- that the people read in the Old Testament. It's the very promises of God to His people. Our Lord Jesus can begin His teaching with the word "Amen," because He is the truth. In Revelation three verse fourteen. The word amen is used to describe the Lord Jesus. We, we read there, And to the angel of the, Lord, of the church in Laodicea write, The words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. It is only in the amen, Jesus Christ, that we can say amen at the end of our prayers with such boldness. This is true for us in the Amen. In Jesus Christ. Paul explains that in 2 Corinthians that we we read together. There we read, As surely as God is faithful, our word to you has not been yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Silvanus and Timothy and I, was not yes and no, but in Him it is always yes. And then he says, For all the promises of God find their yes in Him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. And it finishes, and it is God, this is 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 1, verse 21, and it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who also put a seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. You catch that in verse twenty. The promises of God for his children are yes, in Christ. That means he makes it possible for us to receive all that God has promised. And so, also in Christ, that means being united to Christ by faith, sharing in all his work, we may speak the word, Amen. It's a statement of faith and trust and confidence that Jesus Christ's work really changes our situation. You have access to the throne room of God in Jesus Christ. You may be sure that God hears your prayers in Jesus Christ. You can end your prayers. Amen. And we confess God has much more certainly heard my prayer than I even feel in my heart that I desire this of Him. The reality of Jesus' work, it, it astounds us. That confession is a, is a confession of, of wonder. It's, it's even more than I feel. The fact that we may pray to God as our Father and ask Him for all these things and know that He is listening all the time, it's, it's staggering to our minds. Then w- when we have the, the boldness to say amen, the, the word almost serves as a, as a pinch yourself. You're not dreaming. This is true and certain. What God says and what we confess and what we have in Jesus Christ, all that stuff being everything, everything being His, that's the reality of this world in which we live. And in that reality, we find our comfort and our hope. God knows. He hears our prayers. Amen. It's true and certain. Although I may not always feel this, or I may have been distracted by the other explanations of reality that we run across in the world and that are coming into our lives from every angle. And although I might be even a bit muddled in my own approach, and although I might doubt the truth in my moments of weak faith or when I'm feeling the despair and the darkness, the Lord hears my voice, and as my Heavenly Father, He is willing and able to help me Because everything is His. It's true and it's certain. This is the truth for us in Jesus Christ in our lives. God rules. He rules for all eternity. And our God hears the prayers of His children for perseverance unto eternal life. It's true, it's certain. In your daily confession of faith, And trust in God, it's a resounding declaration of who you are. It's a resounding declaration of praise for God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In Jesus Christ, you have obtained all that God has promised. Amen. What a glorious comfort. What a rich truth. Amen. That's the final amen.